Help me make a positive difference when I'm on the job. God, help me make a loving difference in my home. God, make me a lasting difference among my friends. God, make me a difference maker wherever I go. As Jeremy said, uh, Pastor Steve got a little sick, lost his voice, so I get to be with you this morning. I was going to say I got good news and bad news. I'm not sure which is which. I was going to ask Pastor Steve's kids whether him losing a voice is good news or bad news, but I decided that might get me in trouble. So I am excited to be here. In fact, both the first service and this service, as I was singing those songs, I was like, man, did they know what I was planning to talk about? Because I didn't know until a couple days ago, but they must have known because God brought these things together, and I think he's got some plans for us today. Now, if you weren't here last week, Pastor Steve kicked off a sermon series called Difference Maker. And if you weren't here, you should go watch it. It was a great sermon. Watch it on the BlackRock app on the website. And he defined what a difference maker was as one who makes a positive difference by bringing the transforming love and wisdom of Jesus into everyday life and relationships. Then he went on to talk about Daniel and talk about how Daniel was a difference maker and how we can be a difference maker like Daniel. And he pointed out a couple ways that we can be a difference maker like Daniel. One was being positively engaged in the world. Not to kind of separate ourselves and hide in a bunker and hope that we can be good enough in the bunker, but actually positively engage in the world. And then he mentioned that the way we can positively engage in the world is by being positively different. And I thought one of the funniest and maybe most profound things he said is that we can be different without being positively different. We can be different by being odd or weird or uh, just mean, and that doesn't make a positive difference in the world, but the Bible talks about what it means to be positively different. It says things like we should have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and that is what it looks like to be positively different. And, and, and we are gonna talk for the next few weeks Pastor Steve will probably be back next week, and and he's going to talk again from the book of Daniel. And I want to talk this morning about being a positive difference maker. However, I'm not going to talk about the book of Daniel. Uh, When you got to preach last minute, don't pick the book of Daniel. (laughs) So I'm going to share actually one of my favorite verses of all time. In fact, I've been speaking the past 10 years or so at our evening service, and I've probably mentioned this verse hundreds of times. There are people here I see the Schneiders and Jeff, how are you doing? Who were there during a lot of those years, they probably heard me mention this verse many times. It's been a very powerful verse in my own life. And a few weeks ago, I was reading this verse, and I realized I had spent most of my time focusing on the first half of this verse, and often kind of just didn't really think about the second half. And I was reading it a few weeks ago, and I realized, wow, the second half of this verse talks about how we can be a difference maker and is actually extremely powerful. So this morning, I want to share with you this verse, talk a little bit about the first half, but really talk about the second half of this verse. Let me read it for you. It's Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says this, For we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Now, as I said, I often focus on the first half of this verse, which is really powerful, where it says, we are who God made us to be. Some other translation says we are God's handiwork. 
And the word, the Greek word for handiwork that's translated into handiwork is a word called poema. It's like a poem, like a, a written work of art that God's, uh, that God's made. What this means is that every single person in the universe is a work of art created by God. And this is important for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons it's important is that often we don't feel like a work of art. We actually feel like we're a bit of the leftovers. We often look at somebody else and I go, man, if I was just as handsome as Ted Josephson, I would, man, then I just, things would be so much better in my life. And, and if I was as smart as John Condon right there, boy, in the second row, boy, I'd, then I think, man, if I, if I just had what they had, and, and if I had the personality of Will right there, boy, then just, then I would be so much better. I, I, then, you know, God somehow gave me the leftovers. God was creating everyone, and he used all the good parts, and then God went to the shed, and he's like, well, I, I've got some leftover receding red hair, and uh, I've got some extra long arms and legs that uh, I could do something with, and slightly awkward personality. We'll put those together. Hey, we got Josh Fay. You know, I... That's the way we feel. We feel kind of like God made us with the leftovers rather than that we are works of art created by God. But the truth is every single one of us is a work of art created by God. God said, hey, I want you to be this way. I, I, I chose you this way. I created this, you with this specific skill set because I, I actually wanted to use that. We are a work of art. If you do not believe that you are, you believe lies. Every single one of us is a work of art. And then the other reason this is so important is that not only are we a work of art, but everyone else is a work of art, and we often don't treat people that way. We look at people and they're like, well, they're different from us. They look different than us. They talk different than us. They, have, they think different than us. They act different than us. And we go, wow, well, you're obviously not as good as I am. We don't say that to them, but we think that in our head. But God created every single person to be a work of art. We should understand that about ourselves, and we should treat every single person we meet like that. And this is powerful stuff. That's why I talk about it so much. It's something I need to remind myself every single day. And all of us do, and so it's great. And then, a few weeks ago, I was reading this verse, and I, and I realized that this verse has a second half as well. The second half of this verse says, not only are we works of art created by God, but we are created for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. We were created for good works that God prepared beforehand to be a way of life. This idea should both excite us and comfort us. It should excite us because we should understand, well, God is actually preparing things for us based on who we are. We're not a work of art that was to be hung on a wall, we're a work of art that was created for a specific reason to do specific things that God is planning for us. So every morning we can get up and go, hey God, what do you have planned for me today? When we look at the week ahead, we can go, hey God, what do you have planned for this week? When you look at the year ahead, 2018, God has things planned for you, good works that he wants you to be doing. This should excite you. If someone came to you, if they came to you and said, hey, I'm going to be at your house tomorrow at 8 a.m., pack your bag and grab your passport. You might be a little afraid, but you also be like, wow, what's, what's going to happen? Something's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what it is. It's a surprise, but something's going to happen. That's the way God wants us to wake up pretty much every morning. God's like, hey, I, I created you a certain way. I've got plans for you today, this week, this year. You can be excited that God wants to use you. Little old me. God wants to use me. 
In addition, this idea should comfort us. Comfort us because often we put a lot of stress on ourselves. We're like, okay, I need to do more good stuff. And we often think, I need to add some more good stuff to my life. I, I should do some more good things. Sometimes we actually get mad at God because like, God, I, I have all these good things you're supposed to be doing and, and, and you're not doing the good stuff I want you to do. Well, this says God has it planned out. Oftentimes we actually say, all right, God, I, I, this is the stuff you should do. And God's going to say, hey, no, don't worry about the stuff you think I should do. I have stuff planned for you. I went on a vacation recently, and, uh, and the first part of the vacation, I planned myself. And I actually like to plan vacations. I do a lot of research, figure out the th- best things to do, best places to stay. And so we went on that. But some of it wasn't planned quite right. And so there wasn't a rental car when there was supposed to be a rental car. So it was my wife and I and my mother-in-law and five kids and no car. Uh, thankfully, literally, this was actually in Greece, and the people next to me happened to be from Westchester and said, you can ride in our car. I kid you not. That happened. And... The other part of the trip was a, like with a tour where they just said, hey, here's where you show up, here's what you're going to eat, here's what you're going to stay, and it was so relaxing. All, all I had to do was just show up and do what they said. This is what God is saying to us. He's saying, hey, you know what? You, you think you have to have it all planned out. You think you've got to figure it all out. You get all stressed out about it. You know what? I got a plan. I got the plan. We, we, we're going to do it. You just have to be a little more aware of what I'm doing and how to be a part of it. That should comfort us. Now, This also means that it's not so much about adding extra stuff to our life. And the reason we know that is because the very last part of this verse, the last part of this verse is that said, hey, all these these good works that we're supposed to be doing, it's just supposed to be our way of life. Sometimes we think of good things as I need to add, I need to volunteer here, I need to serve here. And those are all good things to do. But it's not so much about doing specific things, it's a way of life. It's a way of life where we're aware of what God's doing around us so we can be a difference maker in every sphere of our, our life. If you're like Isaac over here and you're in college, Isaac's a Fairfield U student over here. God says, hey, Isaac, I just want to use you in college. If you're Mike Ragazine, who's back there, he's a business owner. He said, hey, I just want to use you where you are. Be aware of what God is doing around you and I'll use you where you are. That's a huge comfort to us. Not about adding things, about being aware of what God's doing so we can be a difference maker right where we are. Now, I'm going to guess that most, actually, you know what, I'm going to say 100% of the people in this room, you're here in church this morning, about 100% of people in this room will say, okay, I want to do good stuff. I want to do what God has planned for me just tomorrow. Very few, probably none of you in this room are like, you know what, I would really like to do bad things tomorrow. I want to be a bad person. I want to be mean to everyone. I want to mess up everybody's lives that I see tomorrow. If that's you, come to up after the service for prayer. <laughs> they'll, they'll help you out a little bit. All of us, we're like, yeah, I, I, I'd like to do good stuff tomorrow. So the question is, well, how do we do that? How do we become more aware of what God's doing so we can be a difference maker in our lives? Well, I want to go through a few verses that just kind of share some ideas of how we can be aware of what God's doing. And this is not an exhaustive list. You could probably have hundreds of ideas. This isn't even, maybe even the best ideas, but this is a few ideas of how we can be aware of what God's doing so that we can be a difference maker. Let's look at the first one. The first one, I call it look sideways. Often, we are so consumed with either our past or our future that we miss what God is doing right around us. 
There are some of us that look at our past and we're like, well, God, God can't use me. I mean, look at what I've been through. Look, I'm just a mess. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Maybe at some point I'll be ready for God to use, but not right now. But take a look at what Jesus did in the Bible. He went up to a guy named Matthew. Matthew was a corrupt businessman. He was a tax collector, a corrupt businessman. He went to Matthew and was like, hey, Matthew, come follow me. And the next day, Matthew was a difference maker. Did Matthew have to work on some things? Sure, we all need to work on some things. But we still can be a difference maker for God where we are. If we say, yeah, I wanna follow you, Jesus. I'll dedicate my life to who you are. I'll accept you as my savior. Then, then the moment you do that, boom. God says, all right, let's go. You're a difference maker. If we're consumed with our past, it often keeps us from being aware of what God's doing right now. Or some of us say, in the future, in the future, when I get into that good school, when I get the job, when I get that promotion, when I get in the relationship status that I want, when I get married, or when I get out of this marriage that's causing trouble, when I get to that spot, when I retire, then I'm gonna be a difference maker. We don't necessarily say that out loud, but it's often how we live. At some point in the future, when my life is different than it is now, I will be a difference maker. God goes, no, you can be a difference maker right where you are. It's just supposed to be your way of life. And that's the beauty of it. If we just kind of look for where God is around us, we'll be able to see the opportunities that he has prepared for us. Not that we're trying to interject, that he's prepared for us. Look sideways. Another option to be aware of what God's doing is to open up. Open up. If you close yourself off to other people, you are closing yourself off to God. If you close yourself off to other people, you're closing yourself off to God. God created us to be in community. God created us to be open and vulnerable with each other. Look at that verse. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other that you may be healed. Sometimes we sit at home and we're like, all right, if someone happens to knock on my door that needs some sort of help and says, hey, I'd like to know God, I'm ready. but then no one shows up. Why? Well, because we might need to take that step to get involved in a community of people. That's why we talk about community so much here at BlackRock. Because that's where you get to know people. You share your story. They share their story. The past, the future, the good, the bad. You start working together. You start finding out, hey, this is what God's doing in your life. I could be a part of that. That's how God designed it. That's how it works. We miss it sometimes because we close ourselves off. Jeremy mentioned this, this high school open house. If you have a high school student, I have two of them. If you have one and they're not in this type of community, they often miss what God is doing. And they'll often go off in a different path. It's so important for me as a high school parent to make sure they have this type of community that we were created for. Jeremy also mentioned this thing called lead. I, I lead lead, and, uh, and one of the books that we read a chapter from in there, it's got a title. The title of this book is Everyone's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. <laughs> Everyone's Normal Until You Get to Know Them, and it's got a section that talks about what it's like to be in communion, and they call it the porcupine dance. And here's why. Porcupines, you know, have quills, and I'm not gonna get too graphic here, but porcupines have quills. Porcupines also mate. Just kind of think about that for a second. 
is that being community is kind of like that. Sometimes we poke each other. Sometimes, you know, we get a little, things get a little rough. But ultimately, there is a beauty that comes from it when we get to know each other and serve each other and love each other. That's what we are created for. And when we're in that community, we are often see who God is more than when we are by ourselves. Look sideways. Open up. Next one, see God or see good as God. James 1. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Did you know that every single good thing that you see in this world ultimately comes from God? Often we miss what God is doing. We miss who God is because we don't actually make that connection. If you take a bite of food and you're like, man, that's good food, you should say like, wow, God is amazing because he made this good food. If someone holds the door open for you, you're like, wow, God's amazing because that person did something nice for me. Every good thing comes from God. Often, we miss that. I mentioned I have two high school students, and at my house, it's my job to do the first bus run. That's my high school student's bus run. The bus comes about a quarter mile from our house, and it's actually uphill all way. Not both ways, but it is uphill to the bus stop. And for some reason, my high school kids don't want at 6.50 in the morning to walk the quarter mile in below zero temperatures. Actually, at any temperature, they don't want to walk it. So it's my job to get them to the bus stop at 6.50 in the morning. Now, typically... Two high school students and a grumpy dad at 6.50 in the morning is not the most pleasant and exciting bus ride, or or, uh, car ride to the bus, and a couple minutes sitting there. The other day, we drove up there, 6.50 in the morning, get to the top of, uh, of the hill, and I look and I see something. And it's a sunrise. The sun is rising right up over the trees, and I'm like, hey, kids, look, the sunrise. And they went, ugh. And usually, I make that run almost every day, and I miss it. I don't notice the sunrise. 6.50 in the morning, I'm thinking, oh, I gotta take my kids to the bus. It's freezing out. I gotta get home. I gotta get to work. I gotta get all the stuff I have to do, and I just miss it. And the truth is, so often we miss who God is, what he's doing around us, because we don't see all this as good. And if we do that, it changes the way we think. It changes the way we act. If we see God and things around us, it changes our demeanor. All of a sudden, we're a little more joyful. We're a little more peaceful. We have a little more patience. Why? Because we've seen God around us. That's what it means to be positively different. How many people do you know that are going around and noticing the good that God has all around us? Not very many of us. We don't do it. If we just are a bit more aware of what God is doing. There's another verse up there from Romans 1 that says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. When you see good around you, you can actually see God's divine nature in it. It's there, but we often miss it. Because of that, we are not as much of a difference maker. One of the other ways we can be aware of what God is doing is step up. Do something, especially serving others. That sounds like three. It's really, we're just going to call it one. Step up. I mentioned the person who sits at home and waits for someone to come knocking on their door. That's often many of us. We're like, yeah, if God comes and knocks on my door, if God puts up a big billboard that says, hey, this is what you're supposed to do, sure, I'll do it. That's often not the way God works. 
Often God says, hey, you, why don't you step out a little bit? Why don't you step out into that community? Why don't you step up? Maybe, maybe take one of these classes, things that we're doing that I, I gotta kind of step up a little bit. Maybe, maybe I'll start serving in my community, at my church. We very frequently find God when we start serving other people. We, we almost never find God when we're serving ourselves. It doesn't work that way. God even said, you know, the first will be last, the last will be first. When we take that step and start serving other people, we often find God. We're like, man, I don't know where he was before. He seems to be here now that I'm helping all these people. He was there. We sang it, the very first song we sang. We sang here now. God is here now. God is with us every moment of every day. God's right there. But we miss it sometimes. We're just not aware of it. And God's saying, hey, I've got these things planned for you. Get excited. Relax. Come. Let's do it together. Last one, go away. Not right now, in about three minutes. <laughs> go away. One of the ways that it's really helpful to find God is to take some time to be quiet. If you spend some time in solitude, no music, no phones, no screens, nothing, you and God, it often scares us a little bit because when we're there, God brings things to our mind, to our heart. Things maybe we need to work on, things maybe we can be doing for him. But when we stop doing that, when we just go along with our everyday lives and don't take a little time to step away, Jesus did that very early in the morning when it was still dark out. He took his kids to the bus stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> he went off and spent some time by himself. Step away. So about 10 years ago, I lived just a couple miles up the road, and at that point, I only had three little kids. Now I have five big kids. And we lived in this little apartment, and we had three kids, and we had a friend living with us. And our kids were like two years old and about four years old and about one year old. And they were bouncing off the wall, like every night. And I don't mean figuratively bouncing off the wall. I mean literally bouncing off the wall in our little apartment that we lived in with no yard. So almost every day, when it was warm enough out, we would walk the two blocks up the street to the elementary school. And a couple days, we happened to see this couple there. And I got to be honest with you. They weren't the couple that I would have picked to be friends with. Not that there was anything wrong with them. They just looked a little different than I did and had a little different job and talked with a little different than I did and you know, I had this Italian accent kind of a thing. And, and, uh, but they, we kept showing up at the playground at the same time. And I had some people that I wanted God to be working on their lives and uh, there didn't seem to be much going on. And so I was like, God, why aren't you doing what I'm telling you to do? And then I kept going to this playground, and there was this couple there, and they happened to have a daughter the same age as my daughter, and they have a son the same age as my son. And so our kids were playing together, so we had to talk to each other. So we did. We talked a little bit. We shared a little bit about what's going on. And at one point, they said they're looking for a preschool. And I'm like, oh, I know this great preschool at Black Rock Church. I had a preschool at the time. And they actually didn't know I worked there at the time. And uh, so one afternoon, they happened to show up right here at the church. And, and the receptionist calls me, and they're like, Josh, there's, there's a family here, and they say they know you. Came out, it was his family. What are you doing here at church? I didn't say it like that, but I thought that in my head. <laughs> Showed him around. Well, 
Jump ahead 10 years, Vinny Madrigano at the first service is the guy who checks in people's kids. Why? To be honest, I didn't do a very good job of what God had said. He's an awesome guy. He's a servant-hearted guy. He works there every, time, every morning, every Sunday morning. To be honest, if it was up to my plans, God was like, God, I have these other people that you're supposed to be working on. But God was like, I keep putting you in this playground for a reason. So you can talk to Vinny and his family. God designed you. You were a work of art created by God. And he has things planned for you based on who you are, using your skill set, using your personality. He wants to do them. He has things planned. And he says, you know what? Why don't you become a little more aware? Just be a little more aware around you. Look to what I'm doing right around you at this moment, wherever you are. Have it be a way of life, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance that's just going to be our way of life. That's the exciting, comfortable life that God has planned for us. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.